Well, if you don't like my show, don't curse your radio You know that no one likes my company anyway But if you listen closely and talk intelligently Then maybe you can be a disappointment Please enjoy today's culture shock, which is Gary Clark Jr. when the sun goes down. It's one of my favorites. I know it'll be one of yours, too. may not be rap, but you'll get the fuck over it. Enjoy.
Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Disappointing Radio Show, and like always, we like to come out of the gates hot and heavy and let you know that this is a uncensored episode, so you can say anything you want, including piss shit, cocksucker, motherfucker, tits, cunt, asshole, bitch, and everything else in between. So now that we have our formalities out of the way, you sexy sons of bitches listening at home, this is a very exciting episode, and I cannot fucking wait to introduce him, because not only is he a wonderful guest, and he has no hair on his head, and that just adds to the sexiness level, he is brother, that means familia, not blood, but close enough. We lived together for many years, and I can officially say... Please introducing uh, on mic one and for the first time ever having an older brother on the show. Please give it up for who is here today. I don't know. Frank Fister. I guess Frank Fister, if you can call him that. Fucking love your name. Right out of the gate, I gotta tell you, the first thing I wanted to bring up is your name is the best name. I know Donald Lutz is cool. I know Theo and I know all them have cool names, but like Frank Fister. It's it, it it literally sounds like somebody that was born in Jersey and was born to like fuck shit up. Yeah, it's actually I feel like I'm a disappointment to my name because oh my God. without without having uh, you know sometimes like I, you know I wish I I wish I had a cooler accent and a cooler background uh, to go along with uh, Frankie Fista, you know, but I don't I don't so I just uh, I got you're also I got good at impressions it. though and that's kind of like being a comedian in like real life and nobody knows it so like at any time you can just kind of wear it yeah <laughs> that's a good point I guess we all can so we lived together for many years yeah and that was a fuck ton of fun but was- and this is weird to say but when you were living with us we probably had the most like brothers at one time I think we had six of us right yeah, it was a lot. It was, it was sick because uh, there was one person living upstairs next to my room. There was one person in the bedroom downstairs. You slept, I believe, in the makeshift bedroom we made out of, like, 
toys and wall and shit and blankets that we made out of walls. Literally, it sounds like you guys were fucking homeless, but we provided beds and heat. So I, I think that, we were. I think that covers it. Then uh, let's see, Luca slept on the floor, which was funny as fuck. Yeah, Luca was in. So Theo was upstairs. Theo Lutz was upstairs. Lutz, who had the bedroom? Lutz. Lutz, he had the room that year. Didi had it the year before, right? Yeah, and then there was some turf war between him and Donald for it, and it got hilarious yeah. when they were like transitioning. He's like, "If you fuck my bed up," and he's like, "Oh, let's fuck your bed up." Yeah, that's about right, dude. And then, um, and then Luke, and then Deanna stayed with us a bunch too. Yeah, even he wasn't really staying; he just was there. Dom. 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 What a fucking guy. Dom. Dom. I love all you guys. And this is just making me so excited talking about, like, all my familia. Because, like, I remember when we would go to the golf range. Even if I didn't want to go, I was like, well, fuck it. I can at least spend, like, a couple hours with all my retarded brothers, like, at once. And seeing their chaos unfold. Because, honestly, having all of six of you around at one point was fucking hilarious. But then even just having two of you was, like, a show of its own. Like, watching you interact with Donald... Would be my favorite interaction between all the players forever. Dude, yeah, let's. We. I, he actually. He just moved to Australia. I fucking miss him. He was playing ball in China, right? I don't know. I, I know he's. He was playing in Australia. He, he's played a lot of places. I know. Um, he. I just actually am looking at a cool no smoking MLB no smoking sign from. From China. You know that's weird that the MLB has no smoking because did you read what was going to change in 2020? Um, I did not. So 2020 teams are now changing MLB status for like testing for weed. Really? Like they're just not going to test anymore for weed for like all teams across the board. Apparently in 2020. For minor leagues too. Uh, so far all I heard was it was like it was like major leagues. I don't know to what degree that will affect, but if that happens. Dude, that's a big initiative by baseball that they did before the country did. That's a little weird to think about because a lot of people are like, look at these dumb fucking people who just throw balls hard and they're young kids. I hate when guys call you guys young kids. Like, that's bullshit. Can we call that out? Like, yeah, you guys are young people, but you're not kids. You're fucking dealing with life. You have made a lot of money and you have to fucking live with that now and you have to deal with being recognized and you have to put up with bullshit like going to dinner with like Rob and Dee Dee and fucking... Cincinnati and then having people come up and be like are you Dee Dee and he goes uh what did he say no no I'm his brother Greg Greg (laughs) Gregorius and it's tough because I think um I think you're you're totally right to recognize kind of like the the that that the, the players are, are grown-ass men that are living their lives. And, and, and it's hard to have that delusion. Because when, well, and it's, but it's also tough because, like, yeah, it's it's such just the way that the way that professional sports and... Portrays um, them. And really fame is sort of looked at in our yeah. culture. Is it's, look, it's like, I think sometimes it's looked at as this this ideal, this this sort of heroic thing, but at the same time... Um, because it's so accessible now, it's almost like there's there's like an uh, like a, like a, a perceived ease of it where it's like oh well you're making a million dollars so that must be easy and so it's like it's but then, not and then all sort of recognize like yeah I mean I mean uh, like to to there is a, a youth aspect of it where it's like hey just because you are over eighteen like that's an arbitrary guideline of maturity and if you give an eighteen year old from a different culture um, uh, you know millions of dollars 
when they've grown up, you know, say like some of the guys from Cuba or some of the guys from Venezuela. They don't know how to handle that at first. I'm not trying to say all of them, but like a lot of those players get like shell-shocked from the fucking money they all of a sudden have and they're like, oh shit, like I didn't have anything and all of a sudden now I'm like the king of the fucking crop. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's it's just, it's tough because again, it's like how we treat people matters too. So like if you treat somebody like a king, then they're going to feel like a king. And then when all of a sudden that throne is taken away, it kind of sweeps them under their feet. Instead of, instead of what I think, you know, what at least what I was hearing at the heart of kind of what you're saying, which is, that you know we're all people yes and that and that like and and to respect the job that is being done but also you know for for all sides to respect that and that was that's what i think was was so cool about getting to live with you guys was like we didn't treat you guys like it was hard not to because i remember every fucking day from middle school and elementary school like running in the door and then being like oh shit we can't run because people are downstairs but I was excited to try to open the door to downstairs to see if any of you were awake. Because if one of you were awake, we were waking up all six, sprinting down the stairs like, fuck yeah, Frank, fuck yeah, Frank, 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 Frank. Hi, Frank, what are you doing today? And he's like, oh, hi, we're about to go to work in a couple hours. He's like, do you want to hang out before? And he goes, yes. Like, it's just that kind of energy. Like, we, like you were superheroes to me and McKenna, but a different kind of superhero. Not one that I was like, oh my god, it's Superman, I gotta yell for him and get his autograph. It was more like, oh my god, I live with Spider-Man, hey, let's play video games. <laughs> like, a, like a, both superheroes, but different vibes. Well, I think it's, I think it's cool, because, um, you know, I'll think about it, I've, I've thought about it a lot in terms of how I looked at my older brothers. Yeah. You know, who, and again, I think it's, some things get magnified by the perceived importance of say a Dayton Dragons game or of a Cincinnati Reds game but it's like you know when we're when we're young when we're younger like we all have people that we look like we all have people or things that we look up to yes. and I've thought about how like my relationships with my brothers have changed as I've gotten older as they've gotten older and how it's like it's kind of cool it's like relationships and friendships and and, and, and family how how that can flow and adjust sort of as you know just because situations are always changing and we're always changing and then our interactions with the people that we care about are always changing and i think that's so cool and um you know that's one of the things i'm 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 grateful for about our experience you know how you guys let us hang with you but then to get to to have those relationships like yeah in in those situations don't always like end well sometimes and that's what's scary because and i know like you guys would talk about this from other host families because we didn't sign up to have you guys it just kind of accidentally happened and that's what always makes me laugh because we weren't even supposed to know you guys let alone be affiliated with anything and then there's actual people actually trying to host and they suck like, not all of them, but, like, the best example I can give is there was always this one host lady who, like, always smoked cigarettes, always tried to get the players to, like, bang her daughter or, like, date her daughter. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that kind of shit. Like, what the fuck? They'd set curfews and rules, and I think literally the first thing my dad said to every player every time they first came to the house was, like, first we'd carry all your guys' shit in before we'd even get a chance to be like, hi, I'm Brighton. Uh, and then after that... They'd be like, all right, here's the rules. Uh, you can do whatever the fuck you want. Just never bring a corpse home. You can bring girls home, but they better leave alive. And then I think that was kind of the gist. Uh. <laughs> no, but it was It was also, like, that was what was nice is I think there were, 
you you know your parent like it what there weren't rules but then it was because there was such a respect factor it was you weren't running wild it was important to all of us to respect the space too and to know that we were guests and like you know to not you know it's i think it's an interesting thing right it's like you kind of you earn you earn freedom you know you kind of like that's a good way to put it and i think you know, I think it's just because nothing, nothing in Mother Nature, I think, comes without a price, and so like there is a yin that, to a yang, no doubt. And so I think that when you guys like that freedom that was given, I think there was also it almost like encouraged you guys to like be clean, be that. Because yeah. most of the time, every player was clean, and even if like we had a Jackson Stevenson who like just was a fucking slob, we still loved them, but everybody still tried their best. <laughs> yeah, and I will say like. God, now you're having me just reminiscent of all the bullshit we used to do, like you and Lutz and oh my god. Do you remember when Luca made dinner for everybody? I do. Do you I remember do. when he made Italian I dinner for everybody exactly. and it was fucking amazing? Yeah, of course. Because he's Italian. That dude. Man, Luca was nuts. Isn't that like I shouldn't have older brothers who can speak like Spanish? Then, like, Italian, German, like, all these different cultures, all these different colors, all these different opportunities to hear about the rest of the world without going there. That really opens up a kid's eyes as, as, a, as a person. And, like, this whole mentality of, like, where I'm from, you're supposed to really, like, born in the same county, fuck in the same county, and die in the same county. Like, I'm just not into that because you guys literally exposed too much of cool shit for me to be like, yeah, I'm, I'm comfortable with not seeing the rest of the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you guys get to travel all the time for ball and like, especially for your job, which we haven't even talked about because this is again a phone call between brothers. But I do want to uh, bring it up just for a sec, just because you're fucking awesome and your job is like, I mean, if, if if ever there was a job that best suited you, and I know it's hard sometimes. We were talking about this the other day, and I do feel that. Um, but like, dude, that job is meant for you. Like, you are that dude that walks in a room and like, by the end of that room, you're probably gonna hug everybody. You may not know him, but you'll get a hug off because you're fucking comfortable with people and you're very, like, welcoming and you're very comfortable to talk to. I don't know if it's your face or your voice, but one of them is, like, very, you know what I mean? One of them is very nice. Um, maybe it's neither. Maybe you it's used to have beautiful hair and a Fu Manchu, but then you shaved it all. You should grow that back. I, th- I still have that photo. Yeah, that mustache that mustache is somewhere in my heart. I don't know if I'll be able to bring that thing back. It's pretty gross. But... Yeah, man. I, I don't know. I, 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 um, it's definitely a lucky thing. Like I'm grateful to get to do it. And it's, it's sort of like this window of time where I'm able to do it yeah. the way that I want to do it. And I feel like that window might be closing. Oh, because, but that's not a bad thing because, and no, what, what that means no. in my head is that you're potentially trying to progress one of the avenues of life that are a lot more serious that would require more time. Like, and I'm just spitballing here, either wife, home, child, you know, one of those things. Yeah. And also just, just trying to feel out like, um, it's a hard thing. It's like, uh, my, my brother and I talked about it a lot. My brother does work. He taught for 12, 15 years or something like elementary school art and then got a job doing Legos like kind of teaching Legos, like engineering and different things through Legos. That's awesome. Um, with this new company is badass. And um, one of the things that, that was interesting is like to progress in his job, it took him away from teaching with the kids. 
but it was, you know, it was a hard thing for him to decide, like progress with the work and become more of an administrator and more like curriculum writer than actually get to work with the kids. And it was a hard choice for him because it's like in the society kind of zone, it's like, Oh, well you want to progress, you want to move up and you want to make more money and all this. But then for him, it was like, but it was more about the teaching. Yeah. And it's just, and it's tough. And so, so we've talked a lot about that and how it's a similar sort of thing within this world where it's like, I don't necessarily want, you know, it's a hard thing because like my my joy of it like yeah it's, it's an odd deal to be in a zone you know working with players and getting to help out and be a support and be sort of like just another ear for them and and help them maximize what they're able to do and also give them permission to kind of feel all the range of shit that we feel going through such a tough battle but at the same time like as time goes on and in a world that's so competitive and, and crazy for these guys like the expectations are so high and they just it's keep funny getting because i think that the, the um the ability to do it freely without the nastiness of trying to get a result from them yeah. i think that window is closing because i just think too many people want too much want a result to see a result to see what's going on which is and in, a, in a world that is growing faster and faster, people forget that some fields still produce slow results no matter what. Yeah, like, no matter how that, fast I the internet it, is, you still have to walk 18 rounds of golf. You know what I mean? Yeah, no doubt. And that's a cool point. And I think um, the... the um, Before we rant anymore, we should yeah. say for everybody at home, just to make sure all that made sense, you are a therapist for the Reds, essentially. Like, if we had uh, no. to boil it down to one sentence, I think it could be that. But really, you travel between a lot of these different teams, and you are the guy that, like... And this will make sense to a lot of people at home. There's a term in baseball called the yips, and it is the killer of teams. Like, it takes away pitchers, and it's all just mental issues. And you're the guy that helps them be good at hurdles in their head, I guess. Yeah, so so it's not therapist. It's it's not, you know, it's... it's um that my title is a mental skills mental skills coach that's even better um it's it's not you know we have we have we have counselors and we have um different resources for players um you know for 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 more off the field um Mm -hmm. things like that like mental health things like that but um you know, and, and, and for me with that stuff, it's more to be an ear and then also help guide them to a, a place. Of epiphany or triumph. But then, then with like, with more baseball specific physical, you know, like letting the mind get out of the way of the physical performance. That's yeah. more where I'm at. So like what you were saying with the yips, that would be one example, but then also, you know, a lot of, a lot of the idea with the yips, which is basically being stuck. You're kind of like the way that I would describe it is if you think of, there's an old story about a centipede, um, like, like, uh, the centipede was, was, was walking around and, and this bird was trying to, trying to eat the centipede, but it couldn't catch it because the centipede was too fast and had all its hundred legs and it would just move super fast and wiggle away. And then one day, I guess, um, like an old scorpion who was like missing a couple legs, saw the bird trying to hunt the centipede. The scorpion was like, hey, you want to get that centipede? 
It's not about chasing them. You're not going to be faster than a centipede. It's like, but you, you know, there's a, there's a little trick. And the bird says, oh, yeah, well, what's the trick? He says, just ask him which leg moves first when he runs away. So the next day, the centipede kind of would, would scurry up, saw the bird was about to run away, and then the bird goes, hey, centipede, you know, I'm not trying to eat you. I'm not trying to eat you. I just wanted to know, you know, when you walk, you got all those legs. Which one, you know, why don't you, why don't you describe to me which one moves first? And all of a sudden, the centipede just got frozen trying to understand what it is that it did naturally. Yeah. And then got eaten up. So basically, with a game like baseball that is at, at its core very simple, yes. um, what can happen is we just we whether it's from pressure or fears or or you know a, a variation of underlying kind of self you know uncertainties um are basically you know we'll get like a block yes a block from being able to perform a a, a simple physical activity that you don't really know what's funny is a lot of times yips is viewed as like a throwing thing but I'm pretty sure when I played, I had yips in every part of the game except throwing. I would say a lot of yips that goes unaccounted for is in batting. Mm-hmm. It's one of the most untalked about issues. And really, like, pitchers struggle a lot. But, dude, batters get yips like crazy. And they'll have it for long periods of time and not even really admit it. Yeah, and I think it's hard to even notice if it is that. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Because it's, you know, it's easy to point out when somebody's throwing from second base to first because it's like, oh, he should be able to do that. But hitting so hard that it's Hitting like, such a what? big field of what if and why did you miss that really you it's hard to pinpoint one issue half the time. And if it is one issue, it's very obvious. Well, and a lot of times, too, it's, you know... It's you're, you got you got peak performers competing on both sides of you're the ball. A peak so, performer. so so to say, you know, it's like there's a lot goes into one pitch and one one out, one at bat. So yeah. like just because I got out, you know, that's why it's like it's a hard thing to pinpoint and that's why I don't really love you know, my goal with it is to is to basically just be available for the for the players. Yes as a friend and as like a mentor to kind of because i think that's more important because in, in i watch a lot of anime and they deal with stuff like this and even like a recent episode of the show that i love that i even sent you about superheroes my hero academia um they talk about how well how is like well he goes well i don't i'm, I'm having trouble understanding this exercise of how hero a and hero b have any weaknesses against this villain in this exercise like what is her weakness and or what is the goal of her and the teacher goes well it's not really more about your weaknesses or your strengths it's more or less that she just has the ability to provide that emotional support because it doesn't feel like it to where you would rather have somebody that could just like have power so incredible he could just stop the villain right that would be the easy fix but you're not going to get that so instead you work with a person who may not have exactly what you're looking for but is overall just a good hero then you're able to just provide emotional support, which will mentally kind of scrub out the badness or evils in the other, you know, hero's head the whole time. Like, can I do this? What if I can't save people? You know, a lot of the what ifs, because now you have this emotional support person there with you saying, oh, it's not about that. They're also here risking their lives. I have to do this just now. And then they just do it. And it's and then now they're back to that. Just let your body like let your legs move before your mind has a think. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. And I think that's a really cool, um, really cool comparison. And and uh, you know, it's it's so much of it. I think is just like self is is like it's an awareness of self with the awareness of your environment, yes. and then trying to kind of dance 
dance with the two, you know, and especially because both are so fluid. Sometimes I think we get over concerned with the environment and we forget ourselves. And then sometimes we get over concerned with ourselves and we forget the environment. There's a harmony. There's a flow between the two. It's like a dance. No doubt. And I think like, like there's, um, I don't know if you ever have gotten into Alan Watts, but he's, um, he's this dude who brought, I think he's, he's, he's no longer living, but he's got a lot of, a lot of books and a lot of, um, cool talks that are on YouTube or on different podcast things. And he's, mm-hmm. this, he's this British sounding guy that basically talks about, um, a lot of Eastern philosophy and how it can fit into, you know, the comparisons between those philosophies and Western philosophies. Yes. And then also just sort of how they can blend and how they can work in a world That's that nice. might, might not always connect them. So I, I think Alan Watts is pretty dope, but one of the things that, that he'll talk about is, um, I don't even really fucking remember why I brought him up, to be honest. But Honestly, I love um, that. And the idea oh, that cultures can... Well, it's about dancing, right? That's like, okay, cool, cool, cool. Thank you. So so that was, <laughs> that was what I was going to say just before I forget again, is, is he talks about, like, one of the things that he thinks we should be taught from the earlier age before we learn how to call things what they are right. is to understand that, that, that the world is vibrations, so like, Ooh, like, because, I like that. And, and it's cool because it's not, it's, it's, yeah, we talk about good vibes and we talk about, you know, oh, trust your vibe, trust your feeling, trust yeah. whatever. And it's like, it's, it's great. And it's being more pushed these days and it's being more respected, which is dope. But I, I really respect it's also, that. It's not as mystical as it sounds, you know, cause it's like sound waves. You're, you're listening. There's That's just scientific. There's a resonance, yeah, and so and like for those sound waves to be picked up, they have to bounce off of the receptor of those sound waves. So I need my eardrum to pick up that sound for the sound to exist. That's so funny but, that you say that. Like everything is vibrations, because the example I like to give is that if, and, and and this is what I think why we should talk about it more because this could even help our understanding of mental health issues. Because and I'm not trying to dig at anybody with autism or is mentally impaired because that's not the point of this bit, but somebody who has Asperger's or something like that, they don't pick up on social cues. They don't understand awkwardness in the room when it's like really thick, pungent awkwardness. You know what I mean? Half the time. And that's not their fault. They're just, their brains are hardwired different because they have an extra chromosome or they have something different in their brain that works different because it's a different computer. So the reason I bring it up is because like awkwardness to me is pitches and vibrations of social cues and you being able to read those frequencies and be like, Oh, like I'm walking into a room and everybody's talking. Nobody's upset. Nobody has weird faces, but then maybe you walk into a room and somebody drops something and it's everywhere. Or maybe like, I don't know, maybe there's something in the room that you're obviously not supposed to point out because it's just a social expectation to like, Hey, don't point that out. And then all of a sudden, kid with Asperger's comes in and is like, what's that? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that would maybe help us. Like, that's so funny. I think about life and vibrations all the time. It's funny that you say that. But I think, you know, and, and those different, um, I like how you put it, where we have different computers, because I think that's something that... Because not one computer is bad. They're just built different. Yep. And, and some think, OSs are different for other people. Like, maybe you like Mac, I like Windows. You know what I mean? And it's also, and what's hard too is I think sometimes we'll see 
the external shell of someone else's computer and kind of compare it with our own and think like, oh man, I wish mine worked that way. Yeah. And and in a world where we can so easily fix or adjust or change the things that we have, I think we lose track of the creativity of working within what we have. And um, and again, I think it's less. I don't know enough. I don't know enough about. You know enough about know. everything. You you belittle yourself. You're a smart nice guy. I literally that. call you with all my problems. <laughs> I, I you know again, it's nice of you to say. I I also I think part of it is to be very aware of what you don't know. And I and I just That's I don't know a lot of stuff about about Aspergers or 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 the spectrum. But I do I do believe I do really like. I have some close friends who I have some close friends too who have like, experience with that and who it's, are it's, mentally and like it's amazing it's like, it's like you said it's like a total it's 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 it's, a, it's like all of us I mean you have a different lens through which you're seeing the world yes. than I do and and then what's tight is and that's where the harmony and the cool thing comes in where like if I if I learn a dance move that I like yeah and I start doing it without listening to the music that's around me. It, yes. it may or may not connect with the music. If I don't know any kind of movement and I and I don't move naturally, and I listen to music and I try to move with it, it it's a hit it's or miss. It's hard, whether. yeah, and it's so kind of like and it looks a little rugged, but you're trying. Yeah. So it's like combining your your natural expression. Here's a thought I had the other day rhythm, about and like then listening to that rhythm. Like it's that blending, mm-hmm. you know, c- consistently, and I think that like getting to know your computer, I think sometimes yes. that's something that I, I'm, I'm trying to do for myself. Is like, what if I get to know my computer, know what it is, know what it does, and then I'll really more, every part of it, like the lens, yeah, the memory the parts, because that's because the... that's that's the hard part too, right? Like that's one thing that gets lost in this world is in a world where we're trying to present ourselves as perfect in, on the internet and on social media and all this, and we want to appear a certain way all the time we if we don't get to know the darkest parts of ourselves we're gonna continue to be on less compassionate towards people we don't understand because you, you don't know. fully know yourself so how can you really know somebody else i think so i like know. to think of it like this the other day um before i lose the thought uh people who have these different mental handicaps Right, they're not living life in a disadvantage, because I think a lot of people who are born normal are also at just a disadvantage. And well, I don't know what, what's I don't know what normal. Or and and when I say normal, here's the example I give because I got to ramp up to it. Um, we see life in an in between of like curvy lines and straight lines in everything. And I'm not saying like actual dimensions of stuff. I'm saying like curvy lines and straight lines could mean like flow in music, feeling in art, understanding math, like whatever it is, everything has its straight lines and everything has its curvy lines because straight lines are, you know, man-made and very like makes sense and curvy lines are very like up to interpret. And I think a lot of people with these mental handicaps only see life in basically straight lines. So when they see some random ass curly lines that while they can't perceive them in the natural world, it's almost like we ourselves are curly lines to them. So they're just trying to understand us as people, but they totally get the world because it's straight lines. It's easy well, to read. I think, I think it's interesting being just being aware of like even that idea of us and them because it's like what who's to say that whatever people that we might view it as normal 
there's there are variations of the wavy and the straight within that too. So yes. I don't I don't really think it's an us and a them thing. I think. Oh it's, no, and it's not like we're different people because we we're all definitely people. I guess it's more or less that like because we should stop treating people like we're all 100% equal because we're not. We should be, and that's the goal. But every if you're born with not legs, you have a harder time getting places. So we should help you so you can be treated just as equal. But from the beginning, you're not. And that's that's a hard sentence to pitch that you're not the same because you're in a wheelchair. It's not that you're not normal. You're just you. And you were dealt the cards you were dealt from the beginning because nobody asked to be dealt those cards, but you had to take a hand. You know what I mean? You're just trying to, like, get a better... Some some people get dealt an amazing hand. Some people get dealt a terrible hand. Some people get dealt an okay hand. Amazing. I think, I think the whole idea of, like, a good good or bad hand, I think, is, is like, an assumed, assumed lens over a okay. story that we just don't know. Because it's like, you know... I, I guess I, bad I, doesn't mean like, bad. Like, whatever you might view as, as a hardship that you might not know, like, you might not be able to... Or like thinking of you going through it might sound like a like something you wouldn't be able to handle to right. somebody else. That's part, like you said, like that's part of their life, and so they just they kind of that's their normal. Like, and there's some people that might appear to have on the surface a hand that people might think is you know the best, but they don't. You know, you you never know what comes along with it. Like there's a um, there's a there's a cool interpretation of the story of Aladdin. Okay. Where it's where it's like um, the reason why because it's like an ancient ass story like it's not that one's not a Disney creation like that's an old old story right this is and, the actual one potentially that like wasn't the adaptation yeah. for film and home <laughs> right and then and 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 as I understand it like even just the idea of the three wishes where it's like you have you know the first the first wi- like why is it three wishes and again I'm butchering yeah. it I think um, that is a good question why is it always three. But it's dope. So this is I, I would again Joseph or I said Joseph uh, Joseph Alan? Campbell's one dude that's pretty cool that that might talk about it. I think um, Jordan Jordan Peterson is another guy to check out that that I think talks about this. But yeah, I'll butcher it just for the I'll sake butcher of it. I love it. <laughs> conversation. But <laughs> the, what I love about it is it's like that first the first wish you make because it's like it's like okay get what what you think you always wanted so yes all the things all the chicks all the you all know, the whatever just, whatever you'd want right yeah and you, and you, you, the first wish yeah. is really like the infinite of something you've always wanted nice and then and then what happens when you get it you don't want it it's too much and the infinite is unhandleable right or and there's other shit that comes along with it that yes. you didn't see coming right so like maybe you asked you know, for it wrong Right, so then that second wish is basically going to be to undo the stuff that you didn't realize, right? Yes. And, and then now you're left. basically, right, so you're back, you're almost back to normal. And, and, and I would say not, normal, but because but you're, you're like, now faced with more knowledge under a heavier circumstance. Because, and here's the pitch. First wish, you know you have two wishes to fix shit. Now you've gone through some shit and you have one wish left, and you know you can't fuck this up because you're aware of, I don't have any more wishes. I've already fucked this up once. I've really got to really think about this one. So you're approaching yeah. it with a lot better energy, I think. I think so, too, and you have a better picture. You have a better window. You basically get a window into yourself, right? So really you because get one wish. Because 
because you're like, oh shit, what I thought, what I thought, you know, if I'm, if I got this would make me happy. I'm realizing that now that I have this, it does, it's not that thing that made me happy. It's yeah my, my view of it or whatever, you know, like it's so, so basically that last wish, which is so dope about the story is they might give the, the guide, the moral guide of like, okay, that last wish was the selfless wish to give up, you yes. know, the, the free, you know, free the genie wish because you basically learn that the world you wish you would, you could create for yourself to be happy is already, you're either already right existing in it or it's very really possible just way. to make it yourself. Yeah. And, the, and, and also that the fact of the matter is like, and they're, they're, which is so cool about an ancient ass story about this, that they're seeing, you know, they're, they're doing like brain tests to show that this is also true, that actually giving to others and giving back and helping other people is, is it fires the, the same things in your brain, like dopamine levels of feeling good and feeling happy. Like those fire more when you are giving things than when you are receiving. Ooh, and I like that. And it's dope because, like, like I think there was a Stanford study where they they um, they gave like a big group of people a hundred dollars, and they were like, "Hey, spend this on your own." And then they gave another group of people like um, a thousand dollars to no, give. In the same, I forget what it was, but basically it was the same amount. But then the, the second group had to give it to somebody. with the same rules, like, "Hey, here's a hundred dollars. Spend it however you want." And then they would feel better on the second one because you're really giving. Here's here's the way I like to think of it with the whole wish scenario, they really give you one wish because the first two kind of like is a yin and yang situation. And by that point, you've learned a lot of stuff. So you have this opportunity to either free somebody or if the genie is really, I mean, whatever the circumstance is, you may be able to realize what the thing in your life is that's actually important. And then with that wish, actually better that. And then counter argument that, they don't show why there would be infinite wishes because I think secretly the guy kills himself at the end of that story. Because if you could infinitely have everything, you would never learn anything and you would be bored forever. And at some point you would just off yourself. So check this out. It's an interesting point. And, and so, and, and I think that's another really cool sort of game to play is like, is that, that, that ebb and flow between boredom and excitement. So like yes. when excitement, when excitement gets, or like really chaos and order, right? It's just yeah. chaos and order, but internally. So like internal boredom is overdone order where it's just stale and it's just like, all right, what the fuck? And then, <laughs> and then internal like chaos is basically anxiety, you know, mm -hmm. like, so it's, it's that kind of depression anxiety zone. And, um, what I think is, is so interesting is we do like boredom there's always something crazy going on. Mm -hmm. And that's why, again, I think... Our but that's why, like, that situation would never happen. Because if you... Boredom doesn't exist in the material plane because even if you have, like, a shit, shit, shit ton of money and you, like, don't have worries, you still have, like, things to worry about or to think about because you can die, right? In a genie, infinite wish world, you would never die. You would have infinite everything and infinite always... So at some point you're gonna be like, holy fuck, I'm bored. Beyond, I've done every instance of everything, and that's why I like Rick and Morty because I think that's what it's trying to show us is that yeah, the guy who literally has everything realizes you don't want any of it. Well, and, and no, I think Rick and Morty's is pretty special, and that's that's another, um, you know, another cool just 
story of mm-hmm. of of how light like is that idea of of us playing hide and seek with ourselves Ooh, kind that's of a as, good as, that's a good sentence where it's like you know it's like i can't a knife can't cut itself a fingertip can't touch itself and so i'm trying to but could a, this is a funny sentence but could a sound hear itself because it's one of the only like extra mental like things that exists also while growing out like i I would say light was one of those also sorry i was just a thinker hey you want another thinker before i let you spiral why did the chicken cross the road i don't know to get the suicide note whoa so now you have to think wait why didn't he just stop in traffic but maybe he had a plan. But then, exactly, you don't know, because why is he going to get the note? If it's a suicide note, and it's already written, you know what I mean? Like, what more does so he gotta do? Is, is like, who really gives a shit, man? Just observe the chicken. <laughs> who gives a shit? Observe the chicken. Listen, before like, we segue into any that. more realities of whatever, let me play the first culture shock before I forget, and then we'll right. immediately bounce back to this, because this is the best interview I've ever had, because this is literally what we did every night in the basement, when we just talk space and fucking universes, and you would wear a Cartman hat from South Park, and I would maybe see Lutz's testicles when he would got drunk. It's okay. Uh-huh. We're family. <laughs> Listen, I hope everybody at home is enjoying this as much as I am. We will be right back. Uh, Enjoy your first culture shock. We're not going to say what it is. So enjoy the surprise, motherfuckers. Be back.
funny break literally we couldn't turn it off the whole time we were just talking about like we were psychology majors but there was also a lot of love i love yous and fuck you twos there were no fuck yous i love you frank um <laughs> like i said oh oh that's what it was i just i literally remembered the thought that we were talking about from break so again the first thought i am the narrator right no matter the topic i will narrate it and it'll be funny the second part that coexists with that thought is keep talking until it's funny it was like Family Guy style, huh? A little bit, because I didn't really love Family Guy, but you guys would love it, and then I would love the way that you would interpret the show externally. Whoa, that's pretty cool, man. That's a that's a um, that's something I've been thinking a lot about too. Like that's, I think that's a great connector. Like if you think about it, say you're interested in in hunting, and I just can't handle the killing of animals, right? Yeah. And, and you think that those two people will not be able to connect on that topic. But if you think about it, whatever, if, if you describe what it is you got out of hunting and describe the joy that you got from hunting yes. without making it about the hunting, but about your joy, that would nest, that would a hundred percent connect with me in some way because how I feel about because I'm else. recognizing you're sharing and putting yourself out there and connecting and like taking yeah, the time you're connecting, to explain. You're connecting with the feeling, not yes. the thing that is bringing about the feeling. Yes. And I think that what you just said about uh, what you just said is a really beautiful thing to remember while we go through a increasingly kind of maybe not increasingly, but a, but a, a world that can have a lot of, of conflict and a lot of hate yes. is is recognizing that like and i think a lot of that hate spawns not from actual hate but from like confusion or hard time understanding well and also maybe a a lack like a fear of understanding because if you Mm, understand if you understand then you're not the center of everyone else's world and people have a hard time realizing that that's that's a really good thought i um I don't know. Just like, I'm just remembering all the bullshit we would just do together. And like, if I wasn't, I wouldn't even know what you guys were doing. But just to be able to be in the same room and watch you and talk to Luca or Lutz talk to whoever. Or just watch Lutz make a sandwich. Like, that in itself is a fucking show. Like, <laughs> that guy, that bear. Oh my God, I miss Lutz. We're going to have to get him on an episode just so we can be like, yeah, I mean, like, I wasn't going to say I was going to kill all of the Jews, but I would definitely have been the top Nazi. Do you remember when he said that in Pizza Hut? <laughs> no, I don't. Thank you God. and him were having this debate in Pizza Hut, and you were going back and forth, back and forth, and eventually he slams his hands on the table because you were talking about, like, World War II or some bullshit like that because that's what you talk about at Pizza Hut. <laughs> Again, well, we do. can't turn off the funny with you guys. And <laughs> literally he just got upset and he goes, Frank! If I was a Nazi in the war, I would have killed all the Jews. And then, like, a couple seconds of silence went by, and then he goes, Frank, remember when I told you I was going to kill all the Jews as a Nazi? I didn't mean that. And that was, like, one of the best punchlines I've ever heard as a joke that no one heard. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm, I'm grateful that I don't remember that argument. <laughs> I think I would. I don't know if I... I <laughs> That's amazing. Do you have, like... And this is a shitty sentence, because I'm, I'm not trying to boil it all of our life together to one sentence. But, like, because I know you have to go at some point, 
Do you have like a favorite memory of living? Yeah, with us? I think one of my favorite times was when I don't know if you remember, but when we went to we went to the water park, we had an off day. Oh my god, that was so much fun. And it was a blast. I and you know what? That. I have to say thank you because I even think I had a serious talk with either you or Lutz or who or whoever went with us, and they were like, "Do you want to go to the water park or roller coaster?" And I was straight. I was like, "I can't do roller coaster because I'll barf." And you all made that switch. I remember that. So like, oh my god, yes, I remember that. I just, I just remember it was like it was you, me, Lutz, and Dom. I think Deanna, and McKenna and McKenna and, and it was like potentially Luca. It. And it could have been Luca, I'm not sure. It literally felt like the whole gang went. And it was so much fucking fun. Because, like... And I remember, like, because off days, you know, when you're playing 140 games and you only have, like, a day off each each month. You don't even get to do cool shit on that day off. Yeah, and there were times where it's like, all I wanted to do is sit in in the basement and just, like, sleep for the whole day. Because, you know, just to kind of catch up with shit. But... To, when we when we went there, I was like, I remember kind of being a little worried, like, fuck, man, should I not go? Because I, you know, for my body to rest. And then we end up going, and it was just such a blast. Like, it was like, constant. Like, I don't remember one time of, like, fuck this, I want to leave. Like, no, every no. moment was like, like, I cannot tell you how many random women me and Lutz baffled because we would be saying something, and he would be in German, six-foot blackness, and there's me, chubby, short-haired, pudgy kid, Two fat synonyms, if you couldn't pick up on the joke there. Um, <laughs> and we're just talking like absolute... Fr- and they're like, oh, how do you guys know each other? And we're like, oh, we're brothers. And just the look of confusion on so many people's faces. I'll never lose that. Like, I know this isn't the Lutz episode, but one of my favorite moments of all time was when we were in line at the Dayton Dragons in the, like, the, the, the fucking, like pro shop and he was signing autographs after the game because he was the player of the game because you guys didn't even know that until the game was over and he's like fuck i gotta go sign he's up there i sit up beside him because i'm like you're my ride home whatever and i'm like hey mom's making this for dinner and as i'm saying that some bitch is like why does he get to cut the line he stops signing her stuff and he's like because we're family you're next and he starts signing the next chick and i'm like yeah let's like that's the kind of i get it pisses me off again like what if i said you're my older brother people would be like that makes sense they're both white but then if I say that about Didi or fucking Lutz, they're like, oh, how is he your brother? Well, why the fuck do you have to ask that? Why can't he just be my family? Yeah, that's their deal, though. That is their deal. And they're and again, not as woke as that's, us. That's one, of the things, that's one of the things that I think I have the most fun kind of that blends work with life is like, is that recognition. Is like, all right, man, whose, whose story is that? Is that my story that I'm, you know, that my viewpoint is conditioned by my story? Or is that somebody else putting that on me? And if it's somebody else, then I could be like, all right, man, I don't got to play that game. Or I could. Like, you could choose kind of which ones to ride and which ones to get off of. It's like you were saying with the roller coasters. It's like, you don't got to get on all the fucking roller coasters. You could just kind of stand on the side and watch everybody else fucking do them if you're not into them. That's true. And that's like, sometimes I think in and life... And it's the ability to then people's. have you guys, like, intervene... Because I was fine with going to the roller coaster. I just watched you guys. And again, watching you guys would have been a fucking day of a show. But the fact that you guys went out of your way to make sure I was included and like, oh, you guys always made sure we were included. Either me, McKenna, or both of us. And that is what always felt like you guys are my family and we're brothers. And that's why I get sad when I don't see you guys at Christmas and Thanksgiving. Because I understand you guys have a million infinite other bullshit things going on. But like, it does feel like, oh, the fam- the whole family's not here. Yeah. And, it, and, and it's also knowing that, like, sometimes when I feel alone or sad or whatever, I do kind of check myself, and it's like, 
damn, what would any of your brothers say right now if they saw you like this? They would fucking pick you up, say something really funny or bullshitty, and then you would just start laughing and crying, and then it would be fine. And then that pulls me out of it, because I, I just start thinking coolest, about you. I think the coolest part about the alone feelings is is to recognize, like, or to pause when you're feeling it, and actually yeah. kind of, like, just observe that. Yeah. Because it's like, all right, that's because I've felt it a lot, it, even in this last year. And it's funny because you could feel that loneliness mm-hmm. even while being around a lot of people, you know. Like oh, 100%. And, and, but what's dope is that every one of the dudes that's hung with you has had moments of like, yes. I'm feeling alone. Yes. Even in our, in all of our different ranges of, of things, you know. And it's like, I think that's one of the great unifiers. Like we talk about compassion you know, again, and also the different computers is like, no matter what computer you got running, like there's going to be bugs. We want to love and be loved. Yeah. And we want to see, we want to be seen. And, and, um, and I think that's where, I think that's where we really can all help each other is just to be like, you know, there are times where I'm overwhelmed or you're overwhelmed and we just don't really feel like seeing and we just want to be seen. But it's like being aware of what we need at any given time. And then every once in a while, you know, when 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 our world is a little too much to be able to zoom out and think of others. And then when when the big world is a little too much to zoom back in and think of ourselves and clean our own room. You know, I think um, that's good. That's a good thought. I think, though, you know, that being able to be fluid between those two perspectives, I think, um, can do a lot of good moving forward, you know? Yeah, I burped there. Sorry. <laughs> I love that you had a big emotional rant. I just burped at the end of it. <laughs> That's the best. That, that makes the emotional This rant is why sense. it's disappointing. <laughs> Listen, I don't want to keep you too much longer because I know you got to go. This has been my favorite interview now and i just did an interview with a jewish comedian songwriter from new york city over facetime and he let me say kike like 12 times so i don't even know oh jeez <laughs> he's like oh christ i really need to listen to your show i guess um do you want to say anything else besides oh, man, I, at least I, on I, record i can say this officially one time in an mp3 frank fister you are my older brother. I don't give a nope. shit that you have a different mother because my mom is like your mom and we have done a lot of shit together and we didn't talk about all that things, but it doesn't matter because I love you and I'll never look at you any different. And at one day, I really do hope you have a kid and I'm allowed to be called Uncle Brighton. <laughs> well, I hope that happens too, man. If we're all lucky enough for that to go down, it'd be pretty fun. But <laughs> I I, um, I appreciate you having me on the show and, and, and reminiscing and I... Um, I love you too, man, and it's an honor to be. It's an honor to be family, and it's honored to be the the better brothers, always referenced by the disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> Bullshit. Oh man. Well, listen, everybody at home. This has been the Frank Fister episode, and he will not fist her, but you will miss him when he leaves. And this has been uh, the show. And I guess we'll see you all next time. Enjoy your last culture shock for the evening, and goodbye, motherfuckers. See ya. Today's agenda, got the suitcase up in the central Go to room 112, tell them Blanco sent ya Feel the strangers, if no money exchanges I got these kids in ranges, to leave them niggas brainless All they told is stainless, you just remainers Calm as possible, make the deal go through If not, 
tears, 12 shots, we know how you do Please make your killings clean, slugs up in between They eyes like true lies, kill them and flee the scene Just bring back the coke or the cream Or else, your life is on the shelf We mean this, Frank, the cats we fucking with Put bombs in your mom's gas tank Let's get this money, baby They shady, we get shady Dress up like ladies and burn them in dirty 380s Then they come to kill our babies That's all out, I got gats that blow the wall out Clear them all out Fuck the fallout, work the stretch, I bet they pussy The seven digits push me, fucking real Here's the deal, I got a hundred bricks Fourteen five a piece, enough to cop six Buy the house on the beach, supply the peeps with jeeps Brick a piece, capiche? Everybody getting cream, no one considered the leech Think about it now, that's damn near 1.5 I kill them all, I'll be set for life Frank, pay attention, these motherfuckers is henchmen Renegades, if you die, they still get paid Extra probably Fuck a robbery, I'm the boss Promise you won't rob him, I promise But of course, you know I have my fingers crossed Niggas bleed just like us Picture me being scared of a nigga that breathe the same air as me Niggas bleed just like us Picture me being shook, we could both pull burners Make the motherfucking beef Niggas bleed just like us Picture a nigga hiding my life in that man's hands while he just decided Niggas bleed just like us I'd rather go toe-to-toe with all of y'all Running ain't in my protocol uh, Since it's on, I call my nigga Arizona Ron Tucson, push the black Yukon Usually had the slow grooves on Mostly rock the Osley Stupid as a youngin' chose not the moves wisely Sharper with game, him and his crooks called the Jooks Heard it was sweet, about 350 a piece Ron bought a truck, two bricks laid in the cut His peeps got bucked, got locked the fuck up That's my Ron vanished, came back speaking Spanish Lavish habits, two rings, 20 carats Here's the criminal, nigga made America's most Killed his baby mother brother, slit his throat The nigga got back with the toast Weed it, took it to trial, beat it Now we feel he undefeated He mean it, nothing to lose Tattooed around his gun wounds Everything to gain, embedded in his brain And me, I feel the same for this money You're dying, especially if my daughter Crying, I ain't lying, y'all know the signs bleed just like us Picture me being scared of a nigga that breathe The same air as me Niggas bleed just like us Picture me being shook, we can both pull burners Make the motherfucking beef Niggas bleed just like us Picture a nigga hiding my life in that man's hands While he just decided Niggas bleed just like us I'd rather go toe-to-toe with all of y'all Running ain't in my protocol We agreed to go and shooting is silly Because niggas could be hiding in showers with Mac Billy So I freaked them The telly manager was Puerto Rican Gloria from Astoria I went to war with her peeps in 91 Stole a gun from my workers And they took drugs, they tried to jerk us We blazed they place, long story Glow seen my face, got shook Thought a nigga was coming for the sake Now she breaking, shut up, 112 What's shaking, a Jamaican Some bitches I swear, they look gay in the black Range Rover been outside all day If it's trouble, let me know I'll be on my way, please I got kids to feed I done see you make niggas bleed Nightmares this bitch don't need Ron, get the gasoline This spot, we bout to blow this Get the cash before the cops and Range Rover cats know this Room 112, right by the staircase Perfect place where they evacuate They meet they fake Ron, pass the gasoline The nigga pass me kerosene Fuck it, it's flammable My hunger is unexplainable Strike the match just what I expected, the dread kid ejected in seconds And here come two opposite sectors, one black, one Malaysian We in the hallway waiting patient As soon as she hit the door, we start blasting I saw her brain hit the floor, wrong blasting, I swear to God I hit Maxi Priest at least 12 times in the chest Spit the round shot, the chick in the breast 
she crying, headshots put her to rest Pop open no briefcases, nothing but Franklin faces Spots, hot sprinklers, alarm system That's when other guests start to slip in It's time for us to get the dipping I know them niggas in the ranges on their way up flipping Pistol ripping, I know the clipping The hallway got real loud and crowded They walk right past us, I don't know how they allowed it The funny thing about it, through all the excitement They range got told, they double parked by a hydrant Stupid motherfucker